Hello, and welcome to A Night with the Dark Knight, the show that takes a look at Batman through the ages, for better or for worse. With your dynamic duo, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And tonight, we are talking The Dark Knight Returns. Part one and part two. Yes. Now, I really like <laughs> The Dark Knight Returns, and I really like the comic. A lot of people also really like the film and the comic. It's seen as one of the best Batman stories, probably of all time. Sometimes it doesn't age well, I'll give Aiden that. But I think it's very, very good. Now, Aiden, what do you think of it? You know, I was watching it, right? Part, I watched part one last night and part two this morning. Part one, I had some major gaping issues with. But I'd say overall, I enjoyed it. So part two, I was like, okay, we're off to a better start. And then it dipped so far down in the middle that I was like, are we able to retrieve this? Then there was one scene that happened. And then a stretch after that scene where I went, you know what? This is good. I like this. It's even better than part one. And then again, it dipped so far down that I went, you know what? Sod it. And just no. And I was like, I was thinking about it. I was going, there are things I like. It was one, I was thinking at one point, it's one of those things where there are things I love and there are things I hate. Mm. So I thought it, it balances out somewhere in the middle. But then as I actually thought about it, I thought, no, there aren't things I love. There are things I like, but then things I hate. So then actually the average is much further down. So I'm okay. not going to say it's, so it's not going to say, um, it's not something where I'm going, this is, I don't like it. But I'm also not going to say I like it. It's somewhere where I'm like. It doesn't sit well with you. Yeah, it's like I I, I get you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I think that's the best way to say it. Things don't sit right with me because I'm watching it going. I feel like I should be enjoying this, but there's just something here stopping me from being able to. Be that something the film did, be that something like carried over from the comic, maybe it shouldn't have, or be that just it's not for you. Like, and mm. one thing which I do have to remember with this is, although I really like it. It is, it is quite dated in places and it's still technically an Elseworlds story. It's not technically canon. So, you know, so I, I like got to somewhat distance myself from it, but th those that so far that seems pretty valid, but I do have a feeling I can pinpoint some of the moments in the second one where you're enjoying it. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. Were the bits where you were enjoying it, the ones where it was against Joker and the ones where it was not quite sitting right with you, was it against Superman? The 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 stretch where I just wrote positive, because this was, you know, we always say this, but I always tend to, write, whenever I write my notes, I do a plus and minus for Very it. Very black I like and white that. But... Or, or a bullet point if it's just something I want to say and it doesn't fall into either mm. camp. Throughout part one and most of part two, it kind of goes plus, plus, minus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus. It's very, it's very mixed. Then it got to this scene in part two, whereas then, then it just goes plus, 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 minus. So that's what happened there. And mm. that scene from that scene onwards was the death of the Joker. Yep. On, onwards. Up until we then get to the whole Superman scrap. And I was like, wait, where's any of this come from? Like, why are we doing this? What is the point? What this is just like an extra half an hour. This isn't needed. But after that, <laughs> until that bit, from the death of Joker to that bit, I was like, 
I like this. this I do. Good. I I quite like the Superman Batman fight because it's always nice to see Superman Batman f- fight for me. And this is the first time it was ever really done well, where it's not like one of them trounces the other with no kind of reasoning. This one felt done well, but I will say in part two, my favorite bit of part two is the Joker like the Batman against the Joker, because it is a nice take on, this is a much darker Batman now, and he's sick of all the, excuse my French, sick of all the shit that's going on in Gotham. And he's, and Joker's probably the biggest threat to that. So he's like, well, I'm done with you, you know, this is enough. And I think that's, and I will be honest with you, when I was rewatching it, when Joker did die, and then I looked at how much was left, I was a little bit, annoyed but i still enjoyed it mind you but it is definitely stronger the batman versus joker thing for many reasons but i think the main one is because it's batman versus joker and there's more Mm. history there than superman hello i'm superman yeah for me it felt like why is superman here like i don't need any of this subplot this Mm. is unnecessary and i felt like if if you if they cut out all of the Superman bit, all of the Superman stuff, and just had this one film that ends with the jo- death of the Joker scene, I'd like I enjoyed that. Is then having the Superman stuff, and then all the stuff that then follows the Joker scene. I go, why is this film still going? Why is there still like forty five minutes left? Where I'm like, why am I only mm. watching this? <laughs> what is I very... just got so I just got so bored, and I was like, yeah. can we end it now, please? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I, I do really enjoy the Superman fight scene still. But the interesting, well, the whole Superman element, I really enjoy that. But yes, the Joker section is stronger. But the interesting thing is, when it comes to the Killing Joke film, the reason that failed was because half of it was a Batgirl story, which was completely ham-fisted in and wasn't to do with the comic at all. And then the other half was the actual Killing Joke story. The Killing Joke element, I really enjoy. The other half is the reason a lot of people think it's a bit terrible. And that's very interesting because it does like it. I think with a lot of these comic book films and what we've spoken about in the past, what seems to be a a big problem is bloating. Really, Mm. you have this story, but you want to jam other stuff in. And yeah, I don't agree with you that the Superman bit is bad, but I do agree that is it just felt unnecessary. It does. Like, I'm like, well, like, even just introduce, yeah. getting the president, just the whole thing with the president, send Superman, su- sending Superman in. I'm like, why, why do we care? Why do we want this? I don't need this here. But we didn't just watch this film to review it. We did. That's a set. That's, that's, that's a part of this. But we looked at this film to look at a big question in the Batman mythos. Does Gotham need Batman? And the reason for that is because this film isn't about a Batman starting out. This is about Batman coming back after Gotham's kind of fallen apart since he's left. So it puts a slightly different spin on the argument. But we'll go through this podcast like we usually do, jumping around. But keep in mind that we will jump back to that question every so often, because that's the main focus of this, or at least a big focus. Well, let's start off with part one, shall we? Because obviously this is a two-part film, uh, just one big book. Fortunately, so well, you're lucky they didn't make the the third part because the third part is um, the Master Race by Frank Miller, which came out. Let me check. 
came in 2015, I'm pretty sure. Oh, paper, 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 paper. Uh, I don't know. Screw that then. No. Well, let's talk about part one first, shall we? I do think part one is stronger than part two overall. The reason for that, I think, is because I love a good kind of Batman's first night out kind of thing. But with a lot of that, what comes with it is you have the idea that he's not very good at his job or he's not that experienced or he's going to mess it up maybe, which is kind of nice to see, but it's a shame. It, it kind of takes away his badassery a bit of that. But with this, yes, he's older, so seeing him struggle does break my heart sometimes when he's climbing up the rope, for example. But when he comes back, he's kind of, he knows exactly what he's doing right off the bat. And that element of that, I'd say my favorite scene of the entire film for me is that first night back, that first kind of when he um, saves that girl from being mugged. And then you have the car chase, which has the most iconic Batman shot, probably one of the most iconic, when he jumps in front of the lightning, bolt of lightning. I believe poses. it's the intro for this podcast. Yes, it is an incredible shot. And you see that. And just that whole opening sequence, I really enjoy with the music by Christopher Drake, which I really, really like. And I like Christopher Drake's music. And I just think, for me, that being in the first part and just that whole Gotham's gone to... Gotham's basically in ruins and Batman comes back and just seeing that really, I really, really enjoy. And that's a big reason why I really think part one is stronger. Hmm. I like the return, but I, I, I struggled to be like Batman back because I just felt like none of these problems would have existed if you went away in the first place kind of thing. <laughs> like. I just yeah. very, I really struggle to warm to Batman in this entire thing, and I'm just like, I don't really like you very much. This, you're not the Batman I like. So when he's, he's back, I'm like, much so I'm like, yes, I'm like, I'm like, this is cool. You're fighting people, mm. but you probably could have avoided having to do that in the first place. Which is, I like, just generally how I feel about this entire thing. <laughs> yeah, he is much, much moodier in this. I will give you that, and you can put chalk that down to him being old. But you can also chalk that down to this city. This Gotham is a much more depressing place than most Gothams. And a lot of Frank Miller's Gothams and just his iterations of Batman, it's just quite depressing. It's just how it is. But Yeah, because I mean, I wrote, I wrote, police happy to see Batman back. And they're going, yeah, they're doing that. Woo, yeah, Batman. But I was like thinking, yeah, but if you just did your job properly, you wouldn't need him, would you? So like, you're just, what is the point? You? Like, I mean, you know, in, in a year, where in a like last year when we had all these sort of ACAB defund the police kind of uh, debates, I'm like going, I feel like people should watch Dark Knight Returns because this is just like they're demonstrating all of their points. And it's like, yeah, I defund this police force. They're mm -hmm. pointless. Like they're just... Just fun Batman. Just only fun Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just pointless. Give Batman like, an all of this crime could have been avoided if you just don't did things properly. Yeah. Well, you just uh, got to, I think you've just got to chalk this down to it being a dystopian version, really. You can't think about what was, what could have been, what should have happened, because a lot of things we don't know if he, if lots of, for example, we don't know if Batman didn't put loads of money into hospitality and all that kind of stuff. We don't know if he did either. We don't know either way. So I don't chalk that down to, I can't watch 
this film or read the comic and think, oh, if only it had done this. Because we don't know if he did or not. I but I think that but that's my problem with it, in that it kind of because like you're that's what I'm saying. Like you're going, look, look, here's the thing in the comic. And I'm going, yeah, I'm sure that's great. And there's probably differences, slight differences between the comic and the film. Barely, when when I'm tiny. But when I'm treating like an animated film like this, I kind of just treat it as the film. Unless it's said in the film, it doesn't exist. In well, it's film. not said in either, really. What, so what, it's a kind, of, it's do, kind we... of a case. It's a case of where if they don't say this is a thing that happened, mm. I can only assume it isn't a thing that happened, which is why when it's when any time it's like, Batman's back. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, but what has Bruce Wayne been doing for 10 years? Because, you know, in real life, in real life things, it was like going, look at these world hunger, these environmental problems. If Jeff Bezos, Elon, Elon Musk, all these people just gave like 10% of their money, all of these problems would have been yeah. solved. And when you think about that on a, just a city level, mm. when you've got a billionaire in a city, Bruce Wayne, you could have solved this in like 10 minutes. <laughs> like, we don't know how much of a billionaire, how much of a billionaire is this Bruce Wayne? But, but in the comics, he's originally a millionaire. But yes, I agree with you. In the film, he's stated to be a billionaire. So yes, he could put a lot of in money a city. into stuff. Yes, in but a he, city. That he cares about enough to dress up as a bat and pe- beat people up. And it just kind of makes you think. That's why it ended for the entire two-part run. I kind of had this bit of taste. And I was like going, I can't help but feel like if you just put more community efforted like a lot of this could have been resolved hmm. thing is though you're like responding to you're going oh look at this problem i need to dress up as a bat and it's like yeah but you could have solved the problem and you're just responding to the effects rather than the problem itself and it's like oh. but it feels very much like this is the final choice for batman he's been pushed to this like he like the, right. The reason he stops being Batman isn't because he chose to, mind you. He was forced out of it by the U.S. government and by all of his friends. The Justice League were all just kind of like how Jordan Green Lantern. He was forced to leave the planet. The poor dude. So it's like they were all forced to stop. And Green Arrow got his arm chopped off. And it's just like ah. But he didn't stop because he didn't want to stop helping. So I don't doubt that he wouldn't have kept helping in different ways. He, I, I thing. feel they like he would have. No, they. By them not saying it, but yeah. By them not saying it, I can only assume it didn't happen. Because if you're but not. But by them not it, saying it, I can assume it did happen by basing it off my knowledge of Batman and this version of Batman. Although this version of Batman, you've only seen him in The Dark Knight Returns. It's the same continuity as the Batman in Year One, and in some other iterations. And by basing my knowledge off that version of Batman. I don't doubt he would have helped or at least tried to. And, but to be fair, this Batman does give off, does pretend to be the drunk guy a lot more than other Batmans, especially in his early career. But Wayne Enterprises still does fund a lot of stuff. But we don't see it's, much it, of Wayne Enterprises, it, it actually. It feels like one of those things, and you get in, in these kind of films where there'll be a fan theory. People go, oh, that'd be a really cool thing if that was a real thing. And then like the people have to then confirm it. The only thing that's coming to me right now is, for example, the little kid that's in Iron Man 2. Like all the all fans went, I think that's probably, it'd be pretty cool if it's Peter Parker. And it's like, yeah, but they don't ever say that in the films. So it isn't. It's not until then Kevin Feige mm. went, yeah, it actually is. So unless the creators are confirming it, it isn't in so my mind. That's what I'm going to do. What people think. Unless gonna... the people who made the film and wrote the comic were like going, yeah, no, he 
did fund community efforts and he tried to do all these welfare mm. things and he tried to get the disenfranchised back into society but it didn't work therefore he had to be batman again i'd be like fair enough i'm on board but by them not saying that it didn't the- happen I don't want to say by them not saying that that didn't happen. I think by not saying that it gives the possibility that it didn't happen or the possibility that it did. It gives both possibilities in that sense. I don't think by it not being said, it guarantees there to be one of the options. I, I, but that, I'm I, saying that's how I view yes. films though, unless they say it in the film or the people say it in a behind the scenes kind of thing. It isn't a thing mm. as far as I'm concerned, unless it's confirmed, it isn't a thing. I disagree. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a letter to Frank Miller. I'm, I'm going to ask the insane man who's basically batshit crazy now. Did Batman fund welfare elements? And I'll be honest with you, I'm expecting him to respond with, who are you? Keep away from me, you maniac. I've seen you seven <laughs> times at my house now. What is wrong with you? It's what hmm. I'm expecting, but we might get an answer. But no. <laughs> but it's just something that every time you bring up a point, again, wasn't this cool? I'll go... Yeah, it probably could have been, but and it's just it's, it's just that one thing. It stopped my enjoyment for the entire thing because it's like I'm watching it going, this was this is probably cool and I'd probably enjoy this, but I can't like you, Batman, because you're just not I have no knowledge that you have been very good and you just seem to be going, I'm gonna get my fist and have a fight. And it's like Yeah, but surely you could have just avoided that in the first place. Like you know, you've opened a mm. floodgate. You've opened a floodgate, your house has been flooded, and then you're going, I need to mop it up. And it's like, yeah, but if you didn't open the floodgate in the first place, your house wouldn't be flooded, would it? It's like, you're just, you're just, you're creating a problem, and then you're responding to it going, aren't I the hero? It's like, yeah, but if you didn't make the problem in the first place, you wouldn't need to be doing this. <laughs> Thing is, we don't know if he, this is the, the, the crux of my defense here is the point that we don't know if he did or not. So we can't assume that he did open the floodgate. We can, only assume that he may have done or may not have done. We can't base our entire judgment of this character over him not. What we can do is base our judgment off the character of what he does do, and that's stopping a, basically a terrorist-slash-criminal organized crime group from taking over Gotham. That's one thing he does do with the help of the symbol of Batman. Because if Commissioner Gordon were to beat up the mutant leader which is literally all he's called. No name, just mutant leader. If Gordon were to beat up the mutant leader and win, I doubt the gang would have much respect for him. Whereas Batman beating him, they have respect for Batman because he is this mythological being in a sense in Gotham and him coming back after some pe- after a lot of the young people now believing he never existed. It's again, reinforcing he's this mythological creature only who only returns, get it, returns, when necessary. And then they can believe in this new being of being ba- of Batman rather than just, oh, their leader's dead, let's keep doing crime. Oh, our leader's been defeated by Batman. Maybe let's follow this cool guy, you know? Mm. And that, But that was something that I did like about part two in that when, we in that, when we're in that post-apocalyptic kind of, there's been a nuclear explosion. We kind of brush over it in a bit anyway, kind of thing. When there was when the city was the purge mm. and Batman's going around on the horse inspiring people. That then uh, and the mutants were taking off their Cyclops glasses. And I was like, you know, I was going, right, I quite like this because now this is a situation that couldn't have been avoided. Batman can't be to blame 
at, in this situation, mm. you are you're now simply responding to something. And now this is more like the Batman that I like, where it's this big, crazy thing has happened. It's like, oh, you're the only guy to stop this. Go for it. And I quite liked that there. Mm-hmm. It's just the rest of it. And I'm going, I feel like if you just had the right education, this wouldn't have happened. And mm. you wouldn't be in a gang. And you'd have a proper job. It's only when we get into that scene later on, we go, right, this situation couldn't have been avoided. That's when I'm like, yes the thing is though a nice symbol of hope but for the rest of it i'm like going but (laughs) the mutants are a gang but they're also more of a crime an organized crime group in a way in the sense that no one really seems to be like what's the opposite of well off badly off like in the mutant group they all they none of them seem to be that poor or anything like that or ever you know what i mean there's never the film doesn't touch on it which maybe they should do but then if they did touch on that they need to say batman did fund them and didn't just put them by the wayside but it also seems like kind of i get criminal organized crime mafia vibes in a sense because they're all working for this one leader but they're not there doesn't seem to be much much desperation there which a lot of gangs sometimes have. There's the desperation because they've been put by the wayside. But with this mutant gang, it seems like they're doing a lot of what they do out of pure enjoyment. For example, big factor is when they take that kid hostage and they were still going to kill the kid afterwards. If they were desperate and they wanted the money or they they just needed help, then would they have wanted to kill the kid afterwards i don't think they would have if they were just desperate that's why it leans more towards they're just mm. kind of evil and batman and and, and imagine if the police had to deal with that situation nine times out of ten that kid's dead batman's the only one who could save that kid there mm. but it's just but again it falls as that i understand that argument but it mm. comes it, it, and i'm like i quite like that and you you can solve some of my problems but it's that thing again, which I think is my major big problem with this, is that they kind of go, we'll leave it up to interpretation. And I'm kind of going, I don't want you to. I want you to tell me. And if you just said, no, these people are, these people aren't poor. They are actually, they're fine. They get on fine, but they actually just do this because they enjoy it. Just say that. Mm. It's one line. Say it. Tell it to me. And then I'll be able to be like, okay, I'm on board. The fact you don't means that it then falls to my interpretation then my interpretation is that they are just the average gang and if they just had the right resources blah 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 and then i go well none of this then makes sense if that's right and by you not saying it it ruins it and i think my my big problem with this film is that these are now two problems batman and the mutant gang that are spoiled because of my interpretation yes and most people could be like yeah but that's not my interpretation therefore i enjoy it and it's like yes but the problem is by not saying something which can be explained by just one line then it's going to be like well i don't like that the it's annoying when you give me an argument but you construct it in such a way where i can understand the argument and it's like yeah but how do i fight this because I can't mm. fight interpretation. And I will say there is a lot of stuff in this comic, which is not just the comic, in the comic and the film. When I say the reason I, I flip between the two is because the film is basically page for page the same. The only thing that's missing are Batman's inner monologues. But 
they're both they both have a lot of elements which are just open to interpretation like a lot a lot of elements and yes because i'm interpreting it my way by well mine yeah and i was going to say i'm interpreting it by looking at the film and what it does that's the exact definition of interpretation Mm. me looking at it and then taking my own version like for example another reason why i believe the mutant gang are just evil is because they're They've got enough money to buy weapons off a corrupt uh, military general or officer or whatever. If they've got enough money to do that, you know, that's again the idea of they have those connections and all that. And we don't know much about the mutant leader, which gives us the idea of he's this mysterious big bad. But also, what is he? Like, it by not knowing what he is, is he a crime boss? Is he just someone who's been pushed to this, you know? But just speaking about interpretation now, one very interesting thing is in part one, when he's shooting them with rubber bullets, in the comic, we don't know for sure whether they're rubber bullets. There's a, there's a line in the comic where Batman says, rubber bullets, I swear, in, his, in a monologue. And then it's like, ah, oh, but are they? So then you've got mm. that little element there. And also much later on. And therefore, I prefer the film version by specifying that they are. Bullet, I also rubble. agree with you there because by because by, when I was watching it because when I was watching it I was going I thought this was Batman that doesn't kill yet he's in a tank grinning his head off and shooting people and I was going this isn't very Batman is it this is a mm. lunatic in a tank but then when they went in rubber bullets I went okay you know I like that scene now but up until without that that would probably would have been a minus point me going why is he shooting people in a tank I agree with you hundred percent there because. <laughs> By opening it up into to interpretation in the comic, I'm sitting here thinking, what? Because literally mm. the moment before he had a moment in his inner monologue where he said he won't kill the, what's his name? The mutant leader. So again, that's actually me agreeing with you there because of the interpretation thing. And the more I look at the comic and then look at what, what the film did, like another instance, you know, when he did save the kid in the comic, he shoots the gun but we don't actually see where the bullet lands. So we don't know if he did kill that girl or if he did shoot her in the hand like he does in the film. And that's another point where it's like the film fixed that problem by saying he doesn't kill her there, like definitively. And this is leaning me towards saying, I, I have interpreted it that Batman is, that Batman probably did help. But the more I look at the comic and the more I think about how the film made it certain that something happened i'm leaning towards saying it is better when the film just says that it happened because if you leave something up to interpretation it can be worse and i I think i I can say a few things about that because it's like i just think honestly two lines would have made my because right every 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 time i watch a film i'm the kind of basic person who immediately rates it on letterboxd as soon as i'm finished my part one i gave it three out of five my part two, I gave it two out of five Ooh. because I just really just bought. I honestly, with two lines, they probably could have gone up to four each mm. and they would have been just a line when he's in that bit when he's talking to Jim Gordon and Jim Gordon knows he's Batman. We could have just had a line where he says, I did all I, I did all I could. I tried to help welfare, blah, 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 blah. They'd phrase but it I a bit better than that, but yeah. Yes, but I think I'm too tired to think of a proper line and then just go, 
but the city needs Batman, I'd be like, okay, I'm with you. And then mm. later on, if he's talking to a mutant, whatever, even Jim Gordon could have said it in that bit when the mutanty thing eats the mayor, whatever the hell that scene was all about. <laughs> well, the mayor yeah. wanted to negotiate with the mutant leader. So that is probably trying to help the welfare. And then the mutant leader killed him. Yeah, but and then in that scene, it could have just then, when Jim Gordon reacts to me, it could have just gone, these the, these just like killing. They don't want anything. They I mean, that kind of does prove it. They just want to kill. But but they don't, again, that's your interpretation. Yeah. That's not my interpretation. That's your interpretation. Mm-hmm. And by not saying it, it leaves it open. And then I think that's also how you get to Zack Snyder's Batman, who thought he's always because he has always said that his interpretation comes from this, this Dark Knight Returns. He's always said his Batman is Dark Knight Returns. His interpretation, Dark Knight Returns. And I've always so, said he's wrong, but after reading the comic, but again, he's not. But he's, he's not kind of this, not. Yeah, this is his interpretation. So in that scene, for example, with the tank when he's shooting, Zack Snyder's read that and he's gone. They aren't rubber bullets. They're real bullets. In that scene where you said he shoots that person, and in the film he shoots the hand, Zack Snyder's read that and he's gone, no, he shoots the person because that's his interpretation. Mm. So why us watching our very first episode was about Justice League, and we both said Ben Affleck could have been a good Batman, a better Batman. He could have been the best Batman if he hadn't killed. But Zack Snyder would say, yeah, but you don't know in the Dark Knight Returns he doesn't kill because I think he did. And therefore, it leaves it too open-ended for me to enjoy it. Yeah. This isn't, just to clarify to anyone listening, this isn't me saying anything. I still adore The Dark Knight Returns because, but what I'm realizing and I'm discovering with Aiden here is that there is a lot more stuff in this that's open for interpretation that I didn't realize I interpreted. And they can be... you've seen you've seen it and gone, this is a good thing that it does. Then what, I, what I'm saying and what other people could say is, it doesn't do that. You mm-hmm. think it does that, but it doesn't. Yeah. And this is probably what a lot of, this is probably like when I talk to people who like this film, I've never had this discussion before because what I'm bringing into here is your pessimistic mind. I'm bringing in yeah. that it's side purely, of it. And that's good, actually, I think. <laughs> It's purely me assuming the worst of every single person in this film and them having to prove themselves to me. Whereas you come into it assuming the best of everybody. it's Batman, then, for crying out loud. And then, and, then, and then them showing you the bad things, if that makes sense. Whereas I'm coming in mm. going, right, yeah, you're yeah, miserable. I, I don't like you. Prove yourself to me. Because I've always thought that in anything, it's not just a Batman thing, mm. anything where it's, look at this big character that's back. Anytime that's ever happened, I always think you have to, prove to me why you deserve to be back and that's what so it's like i have to assume because you went away i have to assume that society's been managing without you so by you coming back show me why it's so bad that you need to come back and the only times they've gone yeah but it's so bad and i'm watching it my intuition is it wouldn't have been if you'd just done this a different way and that's where it leaves but then that that my my negative point of interpretation could be where people then enjoy it because they say yeah but well it's really good because you can interpret it and it's not just saying it's not just giving you a spoon fed thing going this is what i think people say that's why it makes it so good but that's just not how i enjoy things i need i prefer something like this a superhero thing i need you to tell i need you to tell me well when it comes to interpretation there's actually another huge 
element of interpretation that's in the comic that's not in the film, which actually, I don't know how I feel about that. But in part two, Batman kills the Joker, finally. But he kills the Joker because the Joker is worse than ever, in the words of Selena Kyle. But the very interesting thing is, is in the comic, the moment Batman snaps the Joker's neck, do you know that bit? Mm-hmm. And then in the film, Joker's talking to him and then finishes himself off. The thing is, in the comic, you see Joker's speech bubbles there. Can you see him? That's after Crazy. he's had his neck snapped. They are in the same color as Batman's. The point is, after Batman snaps Joker's neck in the comic, it's widely hinted towards that joke is dead and Batman's just hearing things and just seeing, pretending in his mind that joke is speaking to him again. I don't know which one I prefer. I don't know which one I prefer, but it's, it's again, it's that interesting. Because my favorite thing, because my favorite moment was the bit where Joker says, I finally broke you. I made you lose control. But that is Batman saying if, it to if, himself as well. But if it was, if it was Batman just saying that, Oh, he finally made me lose control. And that's Batman being self-aware. And I do quite like that. But then I also just quite like the joke and knowing Batman in and out and knowing Batman has this rule and saying, look, I broke you. I win. Ha ha ha. So I, therefore, I don't know which one I prefer. But I like it being open to that interpretation because it gives, I like this one out of all of the things we've said about being open interpretation. This one, the point is with this, this interpretation, you're not interpreting whether or not it's Batman being good in the past or Batman being bad. You're interpreting two quite interesting elements. You're either saying Batman is self-aware, as you've said, or you're saying Joker knows him so well. Either way, it's really interesting. So I think yeah, I like is... I like both of them and can't decide which one I prefer. Mm. So I think with this, but, it's but just... that what this was my. I think this is the only scene I had no problems with and mm. fully enjoyed. Until he kind of just starts throwing explosions around and was like, well, anyway. But um, no, I did quite like that. But I was like, this is a bit reckless for Batman, isn't it? But um, this is the only scene I 100% enjoyed. Mm. So so I kind of, I don't know which one I preferred, but I quite like them both. Yeah. But I do quite like them just saying, this is the Joker talking. No interpretation. I don't like the, I don't like all of it being up for interpretation. But this is the only time I can excuse it. Well. I think this is the one time where I where I actually I think it's a benefit more than anything. Hmm. And I think it adds a nice not rebuttal, but a nice different bullet point on this long list of interpretation argument we've got here. Just changes it up a little bit. Yeah. But speaking of Joker, what do you think of Joker in this? I don't like his voice. Darling. I don't I- like the way he talks. It's just it's not really my uh not my joker really for me it seems a lot more subtle and a bit more cunning of a joker voice than i'm used to but i do still quite like it and i yes it's not my perfect pick for joker's voice but i think it works for this film by having him be a bit more yeah sleazy i found i just found it quite off-putting like my favorite thing my favorite moment for the joke is just when he's running through that tunnel shooting everybody because that seems a bit more like the crazy maniac that i know mm-hmm. 
nah, and that I like and that I expect from the Joker. When he was kind of, I mean, I said to you, I mean, not everybody will know this reference, but I said to you, he sounded like old Greg from the Mighty Boosh. And that made me just like, it just, it ruined that enjoyment for me. Because every time he's going, eh, Batman, I was expecting him to go, do you like, do you want to drink Bailey's from a shoot? And I was like, this isn't, that's not right. That's not the joke. The Joker should be really pronounced and really kind of crazy. And you kind of just, eh, Shalina Carr. And I was like, I don't, I don't like this. So I didn't, I wasn't really forced on much of the voice work in this film, to be honest. I said that didn't really help. So you didn't like Peter Weller as Batman, his voice? I, I did. Up until the bit where he is on the horse and he's doing the battle cry thing. Oh, his I like that because he says, his I am voice the law. Went, his voice went, yeah, but that's a bit too j- j- dread, wasn't it? But um, well, it's his, voice went, the... his voice went too high. And I think Batman should always be kind of really low and gravelly. So the bit where he's kind of going, sons of Batman. And he was talking like that. I was going, no, wrong pitch. I was going, wrong pitch. Bring it down. He should be going, sons of Batman. Not sons. I was like, you're too... It was wrong. And up until yeah. that point, it wasn't until that scene. I was kind of like, I was fine with him. So I, I was like, you're not, I wouldn't choose you to be Batman again. Mm. I could probably name like five other people I'd much rather to be Batman, but this is fine. And then it got to that scene. I thought, you know what? I don't like this very much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think a lot of this film just doesn't seem to sit with you. And that's... I just don't it, like it, it very it, much. <laughs> it's sad. It, it, it does make me sad and it's a shame, but each to their own, you know? I've got to respect you. It's just a case opinion. of where every, everything that... A bunch of things, and you just find this being the common theme. It's just kind of like, this isn't what I want from Batman. Mm. And it's like everything that I... It's kind of like everything that I... If I had a checklist of all the things I look out for in a Batman film, it kind of doesn't really tick any mm. of those boxes. I kind of go, yeah, you've got the guy in the cape and you've got Robin, but it's the guy in the cape isn't behaving as I want him to. I don't like this Robin. Yeah, the Joker's there, but I don't like your voice and you're not behaving like I want you to. It's like everything's there, but it's not there. Mm. And it's just like, mm, I don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> well, that's... That is fair enough. But that doesn't mean we're stopping here. I like Carrie Kelly. Screw you, actually. Oh, I don't because it's that. I found it was that case of, yes, I'm, the character I'm going to compare her to is Yaz. From don't Doctor. you dare. And why I'm going to say that is because it was a lot of, isn't this person amazing? Look at all these really good things she does. And I'm like, I haven't seen any of these things. You've just got this person and you've gone, she's amazing. She's really intelligent. Look how cool she is. And I've gone, she was literally stood in an arcade. What has she done? <laughs> Where's, was, where, what do you mean by that? Because give me a moment in this film where she does that. What? It was the first time Batman kind of brought her into the Batcave and he was talking to Alfred and he's going, and it's when she's stood behind that rock and he's going, she's really intelligent. She's really clever. She, she can do this. She can do that. Oh, and see. I was like, and I was watching that going, She's literally put on a costume. Oh, I see. You're she not hasn't done right. Any I, th- of I thought you were saying she says that about Batman. No, Batman says that about no, people her. are saying it about her. Gotcha. Okay, I'm with you there. Okay. And it was like, a yes, lot of this she doesn't of... prove herself, but I like the. She does film. She doesn't have much of a background, this Robin, unfortunately. So you can't really. So yes, I I will have to give you the credit there that she hasn't really proven herself to be amazing. 
but I still like her because it is, I think she is the closest to, apart from Terry McGuinness, a Robin who's the most like just the normal, the average person really. And I think that's a quite, quite nice to see. But I feel like Robin should be a, a crop above and the average per because if the average person could be Robin, then there could be like 50,000 Robins. Mm. And I mean, like, Batman gets through them. And it feels like it shouldn't be the average person could mm-hmm. be Robin. It should be this special class of person should be Robin and only this person deserves to be Robin. So when it's literally just this ginger girl who is one minute stood in an arcade, the next minute she buys Robin fancy dress costume, then she jumps out and somebody in the street and the guy goes, what are you doing? And then she walks away and then suddenly Batman goes, she's really intelligent. She can do all these really cool things. Look how able she is. And I'm like, how do you know any of that? Because I haven't seen a single thing to indicate that. As far as I'm concerned, this is somebody that Batman should go, you're not Robin, you're just a girl in a costume and brush her away. I will have to agree with you there. I do like Carrie Kelly. And I, like I've said, why well, I like her, I've said that already, but she doesn't have the background. Like, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. I do. Like, yeah. There's a reason when I'm like, when I'm doing a list of the best Robins, she isn't at the top because for one, you don't get, you don't get to see much of her. She's only ever in this storyline of the Dark Knight Returns, but also there's nothing really exceptional about her. Oh God, that sounds so mean because if this feels so mean. There well, it's true. There yeah. is nothing particular about this character. She's just a person in a suit. Like what you have, like, like with, um, Jason had that problem actually with being with feeling like a replacement. So what did they do? They killed him and brought him back. And then with mm. Tim Drake, he's known to be an an even better detective than Batman. And then Nightwing is actually a the one of the best gymnasts in the world to the point where he can fight better than Batman. Like they each have an element there, but and we see that. It's not just me saying it. We see that. But in this with Carrie Kelly, you're right. We don't actually see her do anything exceptional other than say cool boss which i adapted i've actually said cool a lot in my life so thank you carrie kelly for that if not anything else <laughs> it's like he basically just needs a robin this person's showed up in a suit you go you do you well do. actually i, I do think that's what's happened because he's constantly thinking about the previous robins and how he failed jason so i think in his mind which is another reason why this Batman is quite depressing. And I will say this now, if I wanted any Batman to be real, I'm picking the new 52 Batman over this one because, well, I prefer the new 52 Batman, but also because this one's I think just I'd, mean. I'd, I'd pick every other Batman I've ever seen. I'd rather George Clooney than this Batman. <laughs> I mean, George Clooney is proven to be if helpful with his money. So if- Oh no! no! <laughs> I see no benefit to this Batman. No, but um, the point is with Robin, he's he's yeah, it's just probably because of a replacement, really, to satisfy his soul in a sense. But a lot of the comic and this film can't really touch on that because it can't do thought bubbles without Batman being more deranged. But in the comic, he's very. There is a lot of self-centered nature there, but not self-centered. The way to phrase it is, for example, with the fight with the mutant in the comic, the reason he fights him is to see if he can beat them. And yes, you see that in the film, but it's a lot more kind of like, I've got to prove who I am again. And that's kind of like, yeah, but you could solve this problem in a, using your smarts a bit. It's a bit of a blunt instrument 
kind of thing. And I know my Batman to be much more of a sharper tool, which the reason he does beat the mutant leader is because he uses his brain and he uses the mud. And there's that, that is probably bat that is Batman being Batman for me. He's using his smarts there, just the small cut above the eyes. I love that fight so much. It is Batman being a, a smart fighter. But the reason he got into that situation is because he decided to be a blunt instrument at the start, which is like, that's not what I would have wanted from Batman. From a young Batman, I can let that slide because he's learning. But from an older Batman, it's like, dude, you've come full circle here. So yeah, it's kind of like this Batman is the Batman I know and love. But sometimes he really isn't, especially in the comic. And I would prefer another Batman over him. Like, I mean, Batman Under the Red Hood's Batman is probably the best interpretation for an animation we've had for Batman, apart from the animated series, obviously. But I'm going to mention here, Under the Red Hood, you've got Batman who's never going to cross that line. And you see him talk about why he won't cross that line with Jason in that final scene, you know? Whereas in this, it seems like he's selfishly not wanting to cross that line to see if he can beat beat the mutant leader. It's like, that's not Batman in this. That's I mean, not what Batman would do, you know? It's that interpretation that I said to you yesterday in that I, the, the, the way that this Batman comes across to me is that he has no actual interest in stopping crime. Mm. He's merely just there to punish those that do it. But he kind of like thinks, yeah, but I kind of need crime to be who I am. And I, I think there's a couple of, um, hold on. I wrote something. I thought you froze there. <laughs> no. Uh, PTSD. No, I think there were there were a couple of things where things were just said or things happened where I thought you're kind of proving to me that you actually just need crime. One of them being when he's not taken up Batman again and he's on the street and those mutants come up to him and they're ready to fight him, but he's ready to fight them. And they're like, oh, it's no fun if they want to fight back. That's kind of like you You just want to scrap. That's all you're really doing. You just don't have the Batman suit with you. And then later on where he's talking to Superman and he says we're all criminals with a kind of with a smile it's like isn't your whole thing stopping criminals like i don't think the way that this batman comes across to me is that he has no interest in ending crime i think a gotham without crime if crime rates were like zero batman would probably still be out on the street for spoiling for a fight because he just wants like, he just wants to enact violence on people but actually crime just gives him an outlet for it and he'd, he'd quite like it if crime was reduced. But that's, it feels to me that that's not his motive. I really, really like this interpretation of Batman. But it's still an interpretation. And it, again, falls down to an argument you've used a lot here. It's not the Batman you know and love. And mm. I would have to agree with you to an extent here, saying that Batman's a lot darker and it's really nice seeing a dark Batman who's kind of at the end of his tether, end of his rope. He's sick of everything. He's dark and gritty. And that's how I've interpreted it. And yes, you can interpret it differently, as we've said. That's why I interpreted it. And it's really nice seeing that. But when I think of Batman, I don't think of this guy. I think of the guy in Batman Under the Red Hood. I think of the guy in Batman the Animated Series. I think of the new 52 guy. I think of... I even think of um, Batman, um, the Dark Knight trilogy, because that's, you know, probably more. Mm. But I, but this one just isn't 
the baseline Batman. And it was I said to you yesterday, I was like, because I was like my my vision of Batman will always kind of just be summed up by let's just call him the Kevin Conroy Batman, the animated series Batman. No way could that Batman progress into this. Hmm. Like it's not like when we watched Return of the Joker last week, I was going, This is very clearly that Batman, but older. This isn't that Batman order. And we don't know which I'm... Batman this is older, really. No, and therefore, but it's definitely not that Batman. No, one hundred percent isn't that mm-hmm. Batman. And I'm like, therefore, you're not, you're not my Batman. Go away. Give me my Batman. Yeah, <laughs> get the other guy with red um, Batman Beyond. I want him. That's my Batman. Oh yeah, no, I prefer. You're an, you're an imposter. This Batman, 100%. and that's and that's how it feels to me because I'm like, you're just you're that you're Bruce Wayne. But you're not mm. like you're, you're Bruce Wayne in name, but actually everything I've ever liked about Bruce Wayne and Batman, you're not doing right now. And therefore I'm like, no, go away. Yeah. Cause the thing is I've seen loads of different versions of Batman. So it's like, I, I kind of, I love them all and, I've, and seeing more versions means I can appreciate more interpretations, but that's cause I'm able to kind of say, yeah, but I know you're not the one I know. So let's look at what you what you are. But you just but the point is you're not the one I know. And that is yeah, a somewhat of a detriment. And for me, it's like I will only ever if I'm thinking, I'm really in the mood for Batman now, I want my Batman. Mm. Like and if you're not you're not fulfilling those boxes for me because I would never go, I really want fancy Batman, but the really gritty guy who doesn't do any of the things that I want him to do. I'd be like, no. When I'm really in the mood for Batman, I'm often more drawn to Under the Red Hood. I don't often think I'll watch The Dark Knight Returns unless I'm thinking of a specific Batman I want to watch, not just Batman. Or I watch it after I've watched Under the Red Hood because Christopher Drake does the music for Under the Red Hood as well. So it's kind of like I, my brain will twig it and be like, I'll watch this. But that kind of thing. But it's just the whole argument here is it's a good interpretation, but not for me. Yeah. And I'm sure I mean, what's, what's it's got on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it was like... 89 or 92 i bet i i bet it's really high but for me it would be super low because i'm like this isn't what i want from batman and Mm -hmm. my interpretation is obviously vastly different to the to most people and therefore it's like i just can't find myself to enjoy it because um the things i want guess what it's got on Dark Knight Returns Part 1, at least. Guess what it's got on Rotten Tomatoes? Part 1, 92. I'm going off critics. I'll do audience score. Yeah, that's fair enough. In a second. Oh, it, uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 2 doesn't actually have a critics score on Rotten, on Rotten Tomatoes. No, they probably okay, just... So... Right. Part 1, or um, critics score. No, let's do it right. Let's do this. I'll build up tension here. Okay. Part 1. Audience score, 93%. Okay, that seems like that makes whereas, sense. Whereas mine would probably be, switch those numbers around. Let's give it 39%. That's probably what I'd do. Part two, audience score, 94%. So people actually prefer 
I disagree with that. Over part one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, part two doesn't have a critic score, but part one does. And that is a big, fat 100%. I vastly disagree with that. <laughs> we spoke recently on the podcast about Midnight, and I really, I really had to think about giving it a 10 out of 10. And I can't, I wouldn't be able to give this a 10 out of 10 or 100% in this sense, because no, very few, not very few Batman things. There are definitely a fair more Batman things than other things I'd give 100%, you know, but I would give Under the Red Hood 100%. I'd give Batman the Animated Series kind of a 10 out of 10 because I love it, you know, but even the things I really like, like the Arkham games, I wouldn't give Arkham Knight 10 out of 10. Eight out of ten, you know, because it's it's mm. good, but it's not perfect. But with the Dark Knight Returns, when I think of rating it, I think it's for what it does, what it wants to do, what it knows it's doing. Great, hundred percent there for you. Knock yourself out. But if I actually think of, do I think it's hundred percent? Ten out of ten, seven for me. You know, that's mm. and that just says it all, really. And I think I think what I, I think. From a, if I was being like a really arty critic, I can understand. Which we are. Being, How dare you? I could. I can understand a high rating from the perspective of this leaves loads up for interpretation, and that's kind of cool. But then that's also my problem because then my pessimistic attitude means that my interpretation is that these are all assholes, and this isn't my. This isn't the Gotham I like. So even though it's cool, that it's it's kind of going. Well, this is up for interpretation. Look at this is a really nice presentation of batman rather than just going man in costume fights bad guys it's kind of like yeah but i want man in costume fights bad guys and actually by you by you doing all these does he really do this is this what happens i'm like just tell me what it was i don't want all of this arty farty stuff because i'm watching batman if i wanted arty farty stuff i'd be watching some independent film somewhere i'm not i'm watching batman so give me batman yeah, and I was just thinking a part of a lot of the who I am is because of Batman and Batman the animated series, and I love Batman. I adore him. I really do. But if this was the only version of Batman, would I love Batman? I think I'd really enjoy him, not as much as I do. And yeah, I know this sounds to people listening if that we're kind of shitting on this. I promise you, I love this thing as an interpretation of Batman. But if I have to critically think, is this the version I know and love? It's got elements of it and it has some great moments, but it's not quite the original bang on one. And we spoke a lot about this in our Batman animated series review and we discussed kind of, is this the definitive version? And yes, it is. So what do we do? We compare this to that. And it's, just not there. But it's I think not, let's let's it's not the one I want. <laughs> no. Well, for you, well, I say no, but I'm like, for you, it's not. But yeah, for me, it's not the Batman I want for my perfect version. But I like I like its idea. I love Elseworld stories, but it's not the perfect version. But um, let's just now to finish off answer the question: Does Gotham need a Batman? It's weird because I think it needs a figure 
of hope. But I don't know if Batman is the right thing because mm. a lot of things, because I think Batman creates problems probably more than he solves problems because crime still continues. It just gets more crazy. And then he stops it for a while and chucks somebody in Arkham. I'm pretty sure every villain ever has broken out of Go- uh, Arkham at least 50 times. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the prison system failing there. And it's kind of like, and it's kind of like, well, these we said this before. These criminals would still be criminals in Gotham if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Batman. Yeah, but they'd just be criminals. They would. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be doing this crazy gimmicky master plan. They might still be doing the master plans, but what I want, what I say is, I don't think they'd have the specific gimmicks. Like I think Riddler mm. would probably still be the Riddler because Batman is not involved in that. But would the Joker be named the Joker? Would they have their specific things? Maybe not. Like, it's kind of the idea, like, if I'm going to become a villain, normally, like right now, I'd probably be like a mafia guy, you know? But if there's a guy in tights running around, uh, (laughs) what else could I do? Let's let's look at what you're wearing. Calendar man. I'm thinking calendar man. You know, it's it's kind of like still a I'm a piece of shit who's going to murder people. But I want to wear some tights. So there's that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I it's, it's it's just this case of where it's like there's things where the police clearly aren't doing their jobs, hmm. but I do think like like does Gotham need Batman? I think it needs Bruce Wayne, but it's but Batman is a different question because if Bruce Wayne was still there, if he was giving his money to all these things and doing that kind of if he was stood as a figure of hope. If he was with Harvey Dent and you know he funded his rehabilitation, they were friends, that kind of thing. If Harvey Dent was a figure of hope then that could be a different story. I don't know if they need Batman. Hmm, interesting. Batman just, Batman just solves the problems that he creates, basically. It's like in the Avengers. It's like every Avengers film ever has, has, been, has, been a villain that, has been a villain that Iron Man created. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I mean, those wouldn't be directly, a thing. Yeah. I don't know, wouldn't be a thing if you'd done that. It kind of it was like that a bit with Batman. And like, these, would probably still be, these would still be criminals, but you've made them so much worse. Because they've decided to adopt a gimmick and thought, how can I fit my crime to fit this gimmick? Like, would the Joker be using laughing gas if he wasn't the Joker? No, he wouldn't. And that kind of things, I'm like, are you actually solving any problems here? Because what there's an incredible line from Jason where they're in Ace Chemicals together, and it says, "This is the site of your of one of your greatest failures." but it certainly wasn't your last. And I think that kind of sums up Batman, not some, not sums him up, but it sums up an element of Batman in Ace Chemicals. He couldn't save the Joker as Batman. And Joker was probably somewhat inspired by Batman. Cause I mean, if that's the last guy you see before you go deranged, if the Joker saw a puppy, then went deranged, he'd probably be inspired by the puppy. It's just circumstance, but it's very interesting. But um, I for this Gotham, the one in the Dark Knight Returns, I think this Gotham, with my interpretation, yes, it, it, they tried everything, and then Batman came back. I think this Gotham deserves this Batman, and it's rather than needs this Batman. Yes, I think it needs it as well, but I think it more deserves it. You know, saves the day, but he's as he's as depressing as the city itself. When it comes to Batman definitive version in my mind i think batman 
is necessary in Gotham because of what Gotham had become. No amount of money would solve the 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 amount of police corruption that was rampant from the top down because the police corruption was a reason because they were all getting minted, you know? Like, that's just like that. Like, if I give them more money, they're just going to do it more. Like, it's the police I corruption think, was I a think huge I, thing. I, I'm, I agree in the sentiment that as Gotham, as a general statement, it needs Batman. But I can't ever feel like this specific version, what you've pre- the information that you've presented to me and the information you've purposefully excluded, it leaves me going, what are you actually achieving here? Yes. Yes. Does Gotham this need... Ver- this is what I'm does saying, Gotham, this version... Does Gotham need Batman? Yes. Does this Gotham need... Does Gotham need Batman? Yes. Does this Gotham need Batman? No. Mm. Only it deserves in, it, only, I think. Only in the moment where it's a real big problem that nobody could have avoided. That's the only scene in this entire film when I think Batman is needed here. Mm. For the rest of it, mm-hmm. I'm like thinking, you've even got a new p- police commissioner now. You've obviously put in work into your police and just still like... I mean, the police, the new police commission's bright idea was to let's go after Batman instead of the Joker. But then Batman decides to also get involved because then maybe he could have just stayed out of that and then the cops would have just dealt with Joker instead of dealing with you instead. So there, you know, it's like... Mm. The Dark Knight Returns is Gotham deserves this Batman, but it probably needs something a bit different, you know? Mm. The perfect version of Gotham, but the animated series, most versions of Batman and Gotham, I'd say that Gotham really does need Batman because there are so many problems there that are so deep-rooted within the city. Nothing other than this symbol of hope and fear for criminals, hope for the civilians and fear for criminals, Nothing other than that would solve it. And Batman is what solves it. And I think that's, this has been an incredibly interesting discussion about kind of more than just The Dark Knight Returns, I think this entire episode, this has been about The Dark Knight Returns, but also Batman as a deep character. Yes, (laughs) which we've done in in our animated series discussion as well. And you're here, you lot listening. You're here for more than just reviews. You're here for something a bit deeper. Either Aiden and George love something, we both hate something, or we actually or have, we a, ha- dis- we, we have a discussion we have, for once. But we have completely different interpretations. And it's yeah. quite interesting doing this podcast because it's given me ideas of Batman that I didn't even know I had. Like if somebody asked me, what is your bat- idea of Batman? I'd go, oh, guy, a bloke in a suit would beat some bad guys. It's only when I then do something like this, I'm really thinking about it. I suddenly go, well, actually, what does Batman actually mean to me specifically? And it's clearly something very different from the 100% giving critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we're both after something very different from Batman. And for me, what this film offers isn't what I want from Batman. Yeah. And what this podcast has done for me is something similar. It's kind of solidified my beliefs in what I know my favorite Batman to be but it's allowed me to critically analyze all versions of Batman and compare them to my original version, try and figure out why I like Batman. And ultimately it's because of the animated series we figured out, but I think this is a nice place to end. And Michael Keaton. Oh yes. Can't forget. Can't wait for him to come back. Oh, but I think this is a good place to end it. 
So next week is our penultimate. No, this week is our penultimate episode. Next week is our final episode. Yes, next week's the finale. And, uh, oh. I've no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> next week is our finale. Yes. So and how, how are we rounding it out then? Well, you can't talk about Batman in live action and animation, in moving pictures, can you? Without talking about the Nolan trilogy. So we're not going to do the whole trilogy, but what we are going to talk about next week is we are going to talk about Batman Begins. A film which because, I really do quite like. But I don't remember it very fondly. But Aiden's not a huge I may fan. Be, I'm, I may watch it again and go, you know, it's actually really good. But the, my memory of it is that it's a bit boring and Scarecrow shows up at some point. That's all I remember about it. So join us next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And sod Carrie Kelly. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.